What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Icebox Pod. This is episode 78. I feel like we've got a pretty good amount of stuff to get into today. I, as according to Robbie, every week got back from Lansing. Yeah, feels like it's every week. Yeah, it feels so you're like posting about it this week, too. Yeah, and it just keeps getting better and better. So that was exciting. Um, then we've got some random stuff to talk about. I wanted to talk about um, maybe a little Hezbollah WWE Prism, if you've seen the bounties out for that card. Um, what? There's yeah. What, for like a one-on-one -one Prism Auto? Yeah, the highest Dude, bounty. Dude, why do people care about Hezbollah? I have no idea, honestly. But, but they do. They do. The highest bounty I've seen is 25000 For the one-of-one one auto? <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. People are out. I, I remember when they released that this card was going to exist, the people were like, whoa, and were like all excited. And then other people were like, why do we even care about this guy? But the general sentiment was excitement. Oh, yeah, my brother already said he's buying a base. A base auto? Yeah, when it comes out. And he's, like, super excited for it. Like, he, he asked me yesterday, he's like, when does this product drop again? It's like, I want to get this card. So, I don't know. It might be a pretty expensive card. If The base auto could be, like, 500 bucks. I know. I will be very curious to see at what price point he's willing to buy one. Or what? You yeah. know, when you said the black prism of twenty five thousand, okay. First of all, twenty five thousand dollars is an extremely large sum of money, especially <laughs> for something like this of some random guy, who for some reason is very popular. But when you consider like the multiple off of what the base does, or what they anticipate the base to do, it might not actually be that insane off. I bet the base is a $500 card. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, and that's just the highest bounty I've seen. So I'm sure once it gets pulled, you know, people start raising bounties. and Yeah, there could be some more interest gathered. Yeah, it doesn't just stop there. But yeah, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. I don't know. I, Where did you I've hear that? I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything about that in the people that I follow. Yeah, I don't. Trying to think what Instagram account was posting about. When does that come out? If you know to know. educate it's, the it's listeners. Um oh it's UFC, not WWE. Yeah. Yeah, UFC. It's UFC Prism at some point. I don't know. That why. would make more sense. I don't know why I said WWE. I'm not a Hezbollah efficient auto man. Yeah, it looks like pre-sales. You can already buy the boxes pre-sale. So maybe my, that's what your brother should do. Maybe. Maybe you should try to pull one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder when it actually released. Oh, release date. April 28th, soon. Oh my gosh, it's right around the corner. So what's that, Friday? 20. Friday. Eight. Yeah, Friday. Day oh, after both? this podcast release, the Hezbollah autos are going to be live. <laughs> the day this podcast released they could already be live you know people ripping a day early yeah who knows so that'll be interesting to track i don't know i i just thought that was kind of interesting um people seem to like these so 
Who knows? Who know? I wonder if it'll be liked enough to push the price of the boxes up. I don't know what the boxes go for. They're pre-selling at three hundred. I was gonna say three fifty. Three hundred for UFC Prism. <sighs> so NBA Prism is like what six hundred. Yeah, give or take. With that in mind, that feels a little steep to me. Yeah, two autos per box, 22 parallels, 12 inserts. I think that's literally the same as the oh. MB. I don't know about the inserts, but I think the 22 prisms is the same. Yeah. I, I would assume there's less of this made than NBA or NFL, uh, okay. because oh. I would assume demand would be dramatically lower, but... Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be an interesting thing to to follow, I think. But what, what have you been, been up to here? Any any pickups? I know I got that McCutcheon know. auto, twenty twelve tops tribute. Oh yeah. May have did talked about up, that. Did what? you end up breaking that out of the seal or no? No, I did not. There were overwhelming responses not to break it out of the seal. I don't know <laughs> if you were part of the majority. It was a there was high voter turnout and and the majority of them said don't break it out of the seal and two people, Tommy and also the Wax Museum podcast who Tommy said he learned this from advised that I could buff the scratches out of the mag potentially using some sort of scratch X car like product to buff the scratches out of the mag which I'm not gonna lie is a little bit of effort. But I, I I don't know. It feels wrong to break the seal on like an old card. I may well do it someday, but I don't think I'm dying to right now. Yeah, if you could buff it out, that would be the ideal situation here. It seems like you could maybe, at least the way I envision it, and from what I heard, it sounds like you could maybe get like ninety percent of it off, and there'd be like some faint, like, oh yeah, it's not yet perfect. Mm. But you can get the lion's share of it clean is what it sounds like. Yeah, then, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just got to be where you don't notice it right when you look at the card, I think. Yeah. What else have I been up to? Matt, I really need to get rid of this Contenders football box. I is hate it looking. Yeah, but it's at a high price. Any high price OBO or just? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, like, we need to get rid of it. The comps are pretty high. And are the comps appear to be getting stronger. I, ju I just need to get rid of it. I, I just am I'm sick of it existing over here. And I want the money and not the stupid <laughs> yeah. box. Like, I don't need need the money. But, like... Also, I, I, I just want the money because I bought stuff like that McDavid that I bought a little bit ago and stuff like that. And I want to pay for it with the money that is in that box. Like I kind of bought it and it was like, whatever. But then I bought this box and I was like, well, now I need to sell some stuff. But the box is what I want to sell. It's just... I can't yeah. seem to get a buyer for it right now, even though I, I think like the conditions for it will improve. 
I just want to get rid of it. I really don't like it. I really want the money instead of it. This is going to be <laughs> a saga every week. Every week I'm going to complain about this box until it's gone. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's not the worst hold in the world, but yeah, sounds like you definitely want to get rid of it here. Maybe... I mean, you could always just rip. No. Because the, the car real liquid in there. Potentially, or it could be junk. It could be liquid for two dollars. Well, it's still liquid. No. No. I'm not doing that. I was working out here today in my room, the room that has the box, and I was thinking about that. I was like, if I ripped that box, what would I get? And I was like, I would just get probably garbage. I'd get like my on like my rookie photo shoot, like the on card would be like Rashad Bateman. Or like something trash. And yeah. and then I would be like, I would basically be like burning my Crosby mega patch. It'd be like just burning that with the money lost on this stupid box. So I need <laughs> to get rid of this thing. Yeah. That's probably a smart play. I need it out of my sight. I want it desperately, desperately gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you can get rid of that thing soon. Hopefully. Hockey card market is a little, little soft. Over like the past like one to two months, have you noticed that in other areas that like some of the stuff is, like in the past one to two months has oddly been weak? Hmm. Isn't it the playoffs right now for hockey? Yeah, it is. But I think the stuff oh. that I'm interested in, the playoffs are already over for the Penguins. Oh. So you're already playing off season at this point. I mean, yeah, but the stuff that I like, it is already the off season. Yeah, yeah, I don't pay attention to hockey um, cards at all, really. But There's... does everything else seem? I don't know. I'm not knee deep in comps on hockey either. It's just general vibes, like a Crosby, like I would say a nice looking on card auto SGC nine autograph ten. Last night sold for like 230 bucks on card. Like that's pretty low numbered auto. Like I was surprised by stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think other markets are feeling that as bad. Just just based on like the big lot that I bought in Lansing, I think that like when I was looking up comps, Everything was kind of right where I thought it would be, or like you at expected least in, it to be. Yeah, at least like in a range, kind of of where I thought it would be. Like some stuff would be like slightly higher, some stuff would be slightly lower, but nothing stuck out as like, oh wow, like these are cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's just like recent comps hadn't occurred on some of this stuff. Like for example, yeah. that ultimate you shared with me on the PWCC premiere, that ultimate ten ten, like. It's Sidney Crosby Ultimate Rookie Auto out of two ninety nine PSA ten ten eighty five hundred bucks something like that. I mean that was very low. That card used to that card was probably thirteen fourteen. Hmm. I mean that was near the peak. So like we're that far off the peak, I guess. But which isn't. I mean it could be worse. Yeah, see, like, to me that doesn't sound that bad. I guess it's just all relative. Like it was pretty yeah. hardy until 
But the stuff is, and I don't know if this is the case, and I guess I'm now I'm just rambling in market conditions and I feel like we haven't done this in a bit, but it seems to me like the news, there's a lot of interest in like new hockey product and like new hockey cards and like young guns, PSA 10s, future watch autographs. I guess I would equate that to the prism silvers, the contenders base, like that type of stuff is still garnering a lot of interest in the new product. But some of this older stuff that I would consider to be higher quality in the long-term perspective seems to be starting to, you know, fall down a little bit in line, maybe a little less, but in line with other sports. It's kind of interesting that this there's still a ton of interest in new stuff, though. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I, yeah, hockey's just hard for me to keep up with because I just don't see it at shows really that much. There, the I had major FOMO because the Toronto Sports Card Expo was last weekend. Oh yeah, that's got to be a lot of hockey. It's apparently almost national size and eighty percent hockey. Wow, that would be an interesting. Yeah, yeah I heard eighty percent is what I heard. Wow. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, yeah, there's no way I've ever seen more than 10%. More, yeah, I was going to say more than 10%. I'd be like, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I really saw. Granted, in Lansing, that show was 200 tables probably. So that would take 20 tables. That would be an insane yeah, amount. No way. There's no way there was more than like. Two. I would consider two to be decently. Like, oh, there was some there. You know what is getting really popular at these shows, though? Is yeah, tell me. People just setting up with Pokemon. It seems like they're the po. I've also seen that. I mean, you know, I'm no show aficionado, but when I went to the show, I don't know what was it, a month ago, a couple weeks ago, there was a good amount of Pokemon slabbed Pokemon and yeah. raw Pokemon. And from what I hear online, the Pokemon does well. Oh, it does great. I don't even mess with it, but I've everybody that I know that does, they they very rarely will complain about how they're doing. They're doing great. It sounds like it moves. It sounds like in the sub fifty dollar range, that stuff moves extremely oh. well. Yeah, that stuff is that stuff sells so fast. It sounds I like think... a lot of kids are interested in it. And so at the sub yeah. fifty, it moves not into like flipper hands, but maybe into like kids' hands in that range. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd say Lansing is probably. I almost want to say ten percent. Ten percent is a lot. Like, thinking two hundred tables, I would say there's probably ten, like fifteen tables, maybe twenty. Yeah, I mean that's no joke. No, there's that's a, a huge presence. And there and there's always people there too. Like I walk right past it because I don't know, but there's always people there. So, yeah, it's, the, uh... it's really interesting. Yeah, I it's mean... really interesting where the market's at right now, because while the prices, I think we're kind of not on the free fall we were on before. Like, I think it's maybe a even to slight decline on some stuff. Some stuff still obviously does fine. But I, I the participation levels are really high. Yeah. 
like it's almost like the participation levels are higher have bottomed out and are actually already on the way up and like yeah. the card prices may not be on the way up but the activity levels are high and so i don't know are people just buying this cheap stuff is that what's i've heard that the cheap sports stuff does well too yeah i don't know i i mean i i will say that i this is probably the most comfortable i felt like buying in a long time like honestly probably a year yeah like i feel pretty good about buying stuff and like where the market's at like it's stuff is just kind of stabling out i think so it's pretty easy to tell like what you can get for stuff what's what's comps and like when i tell somebody what i want for something it's pretty obvious to tell like that's a good price or that's not a good price like it's it's just it's kind of nice i mean yeah obviously stuff goes up and down which is which is good i mean we need some stuff to go up or some stuff to go down sure it seems like it's a lot it's a lot more there's a lot more rationale now than i think before yeah like like oh this player drops like 50 he like gets like a slight bump whereas like covid it would be like oh you just 4xed where it's yeah. like cuz like it card, card should be reflective of performance obviously i so think like, everybody wants cards to be reflective of performance i would say 99% of the hobby wants that we all enjoy that yeah exactly so like that's good but then I don't know. You don't want it to be like, oh, my guy went 0 for 3 today with three strikeouts. Like, I just lost 90% of my value. So it's a yeah. lot more, it's a lot more like reasonable now as far as like the percentage that things fluctuate, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many. It's just those autos like between 100 to like 300 that just move so fast. Like when you can get those. Like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, like that's a lot of stuff I was buying, mm -hmm. and it's between like a hundred and three hundred dollar. You can get on card autos still even for that price, mm -hmm. and they sell well, and you can get good products too. Like I bought a five star Favre auto. It was like yeah, it's nice. Bucks. Yeah, it was like eighty bucks. I can sell that like just fine. So. I don't know, just that kind of stuff. And the nice thing about that stuff too is it's even if you're not keeping it, like I'm flipping it, it's still fun to buy. Yes. And like fun to sell. It's not like COVID when I was just buying all these like base prism John Morants to like flip them. And it's just like purely for money. Like there's like not even really that much enjoyment behind it. But like these, like I was buying like Saquon patch autos and like Farves, Montanas, and just interesting, like unique, cool stuff where it's like, wow, I'm not keeping any of this, but it's like fun to buy and it's fun to sell. Yeah. That's, I think that's an excellent point. I, it, de that definitely makes it way more fun when you can buy cool, at least for me, patches and autos are what is really more fun and more cool. Yeah. So, Especially when you can see cool designs from like higher end products, they just look nice. Mm -hmm. More fun that way for sure. Some of that stuff definitely has come down a bit. Yeah. And like you said, but like you said, 
it has come down, but that does not mean it doesn't move at the lower prices. Yeah, like I think to an extent that shows that like we have like I think we've almost hit the floor, if not already. Like we're getting pretty close, I think. Yeah, I think you've I think the floor is kind of something that happens and I, I feel like this has been talked about for the last year and a half, maybe two years, you know, or probably year and a half it's been talked about. Oh, do you think we're at the bottom yet? But like the the floor comes for me, it's it's two things. It's like the macroeconomic that matters a lot, but also the amount of people matters. And I really think we've thinned out most of the non like collector non I'm in it for the longer oh, haul flipper, yeah. the flipper who's in it for the longer haul. I mean, to be perfect, you flip a good amount. You know that's a lot of your activity flipping, but you're 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 here for the longer haul. You know, you're not just like, well, I'm done now. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Like the easy money to be made is definitely behind us. Yeah. But you got to work for it now. That does. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm out. Like I'm so. Exactly. And... and the people that are left are the people like you that, yeah, the easy, super easy money's gone, but you're still around. And yeah. that, I think that we, in my opinion, we got to be pretty darn close to getting rid of the people that are going to be out when the easy money's gone because the easy money is, in fact, gone. Yeah, I think we're to that point just based on shows like. Or certainly. There's a lot of passion at shows these days. Yeah, I think. Um, I think now the thing that we've transitioned to is now it's just everybody wants to be like an influencer. Which really? Is... You feel that? I mean, it's hard not to when, when I, there's just so many people at these card shows, like filming, which I've never once seen. I mean, I guess maybe at Ship Shawana, I saw like one, yeah. I saw like Ryan card collector two filming, but like, I haven't seen like Joe Schmo filming. Oh yeah. I'd say there was like three or four at Lansing. I just like random been. dudes you've never seen before in your life filming. Yeah, like, I don't know who they are. I don't know, like, if they're going posting on Instagram or YouTube or both or TikTok or what. I Like, I have, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, that, that is always interesting to me, like. Hmm. And I, I did. That, that's, that's interesting news to me because I would yeah. have never thought that that was the case. And I don't have a problem with it at all as long as you're – as long as those people don't expect other people to cater to them, then I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, I heard a story where one guy was like walking up to a table to look at the guy's cards. And then another person was there being filmed. And the guy was like, Oh, like, can you move out of the way? Like we're trying to get a shot here. And it's, it's like, like, don't you realize you're just another guy? Yeah. Like I would say no, I'd be like, no, like you can move. Sorry. Like, cause or you can wait till I'm done and then you can have your turn the yeah, same like as the, any normal person. Yeah. Like there's no way I'm moving for a camera. So like, as long as we have that, like a stat, like I'm not going to move so you can get your shot. So as long as like we have that established then it's like, yeah, do whatever film. I mean, I think honestly, one of the funniest things to me is when you, you know, it's like a guy's girlfriend 
like walking around filming him. And Dude, that, just... that girlfriend deserves, I don't know, oh, whatever. She the world. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's insane. Like, I, whatever she wants oh. is heartily, heartily deserved after that. It's a somewhat humiliating experience for her. So that only compounds the fact that she deserves everything. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine ever asking that that's but, a very large ass i mean yeah well, it's a huge ass <laughs> i don't ever i don't think i've ever asked anybody a favor that big in my life honestly i mean that's a really big favor it's like yeah, going ask. <laughs> spending spending four hours of your saturday morning waking up probably at like seven o'clock to drive to this show to film it what could awesome. be i'm I, i've asking them to accompany you for multiple hours at the show yeah is a large enough ask let alone to be filming them and then probably being told orders of where to do how to do it how you want it done oh yeah i can't imagine i mean that would just yeah that that is just one of the funniest things to me that is hilarious those girls are just absolute angels i mean they they are they're heroes Hobby heroes. They are. I mean, they're just absolutely. That would be hilarious. Like, if I I ever made content like that, that would be my one video that I'd want to do, is interview, like, four of those girls. (laughs) That would be the one video content that I would love to make. It's just, hey, like, what are are your thoughts on, like, what you're doing here? Like, how do you feel about like, can you give us a little bit like of an insight into the card market? Like, what do you think's going on? Like in the macro and honestly the micro. Like, just tell us what's going on. That would be like, so good. Yeah, I you think have their be- name. Their names have been changed for to protect identities uh, of <laughs> the innocent. Yeah, I mean that's just that that's just one of the funniest things to me. That that'll never fail to make me laugh. And I saw it at Lansing, and it's just. I mean, it's so funny. Like, I mean, good for you. If you have a girlfriend that's willing to do that, yeah. then I mean, you've hit the lottery, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely, a, definitely that really, I think, also speaks to this Lansing show is a little bit more of the evolved show than your typical local show. If you've got the camera, the camera show has evolved more than any show I've ever seen. It's insane. It's like legitimately shipsy. And this are the most evolved shows ever. I mean, this show went from 50 tables probably to 200 in the weekend. No joke. This is the first show I've been to in forever. This legit could have been a two-day show. And I would have been, like, happy with it. Like, I did not see every table. Not even close. I didn't probably even tell, man. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't even see half. Because when you're doing these big deals, I mean, it takes up time. Like, the show didn't start till... Show didn't officially start till like 9.30. I got mm-hmm. there at 8.30. I did not leave till 2. And I bet you I saw probably 30% of the tables. Man. Because I was making so many big deals that were just taking hours. And there's no way. I mean, I, yeah, probably. There's no way I saw half for sure. That's incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was packed. 
I mean, to get up to these tables, you're doing, and you know, the national or like the big shows, you got like elbow somebody basically to get up to a table. I mean, it's like that. Like, I don't even know where these people were coming from. They that's the way that show was. That's the way that show was in in the. It was a. I mean a. I mean it was a hundred and sixty table mall show, but a mall show nonetheless. And it was like that. No, there wasn't much super, super high end. A lot of it was sub a hundred dollar type stuff. There wasn't even a lot of that mid range type stuff, but. It was like that. Every table was encircled. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. The activity is just... I don't know. I, I used to think that, like... And I, I would be first to say that I said that a lot of this stuff is, like, junk slabs. Like, I keep thinking of, like, the George... Like, I don't know, a George Pickens Mosaic Silver PSA 10. I'm like, it's probably junk. But, like, at that show, someone's probably paying 40 bucks for that you know yeah like and i think there's a lot more people than i originally thought buying these cheap slabs i don't know what they do with them but they they buy them so like i don't yeah, know if they keep them if they get keep them for like six months and then they just are like eh, sell or like what happens but they buy them yeah that's what i would like to know too is um because like a junk slab i mean that can be kind of cool still like I know it definitely can be. I don't want to hate on the people, especially like if your budget isn't huge. Right. Like you can get like a PSA 10 and like a PSA 10 is appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, and you oh, can yeah. get like a cool looking parallel in PSA 10 of your favorite player for like 40 bucks. Like for a lot of people, that just makes sense. Yeah, I think what was more met by like junk slab is to me at least is like when these junk slabs were going for like two three hundred bucks. Yeah, I think that's when the when a Rui Hachimura base PSA ten yeah, was like a hundred dollars or something absurd. Who knows what it ever? Yeah, was. like to me that's junk because that's going for like a lot of money. But like at forty bucks, it's not really junk anymore. Like, like you don't like you don't see people calling like five dollar boxes like oh here's like a junk box or something. You you like, no. make an excellent excellent point there you're right because when you see like two thousands like numbered cards and like yeah like a five dollar box yeah a lot of people that stuff's appealing it's like childhood stuff yeah. childhood favorite players nobody's products childhood. no you're right yeah. so i think i think now it's more well one i think kids especially if they can get a psa 10 that's like a big thing so they're buying like those 20 dollar 10s and yeah. then yeah, I don't know. Then probably after that, it probably does just go to like the general collector who just thinks it's cool, holds onto it for six months, and then can sell it and probably hit even and get buy something else. Yeah, and then they get to buy something else. I don't know. I don't honestly. I wonder who the end consumer is for like a lot of this stuff. But I guess like so do I. But I don't know. I there. I think there's. I think, I don't know, I think a lot of stuff just naturally, even amongst, like, the people you would consider the end consumer or the collector, I think a lot of them pass it between each other more often than you think. Like, sometimes I buy stuff that, like, I really, really like and I'm really excited about it. And then in, like, six to nine months, I'm like, 
whoa, something really cool has popped up. I'm going to have to get rid of that because the amount of money I'm trickling into my card account now to buy stuff for like the PC, it's low. It's 50 bucks a month. I'm bring I'm allowing myself to like spend on yeah. new stuff. So like if you see a card that's exciting and new, it's $500. That's 10 months of my budget, you know, of new money. Something's got to go. And I think a lot of people end up just switching ownership of those cards, yeah. but that is permanent ownership in a way. Like it's right. the same group of people. They just kind of get passed back and forth. And yeah, I think in a market, it's weird to think about people liking stuff that like you don't like to an extent, like, like to me, it makes sense. Like how like Tom Brady cards have an end consumer who's like keeping those because I like those. I can see why people yeah. keep them. But then like for me, Pirates NTRPAs. Card, yeah, or like Pirates cards having an end consumer, like that doesn't really make sense to me because I don't like the Pirates. But to you, you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. So like we don't we don't really like those forty dollar tens of like random inserts, really. But like somebody else does. Yeah, that's a great point. I feel the same way about yeah, about out of town guys. So I think that that's an excellent point. I was just looking yeah, at like, Andrew McCutcheon base tops update cards today, and I was like, it's kind of cool. It's like, I yeah, don't like know. That six... card has, has never crossed my mind. Yeah. That's what makes the hobby cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, same with you. Like, to, to you, it's probably weird that, like, I would love to be the end consumer on, like, a Victor Martinez one-on-one. Yeah, because the Victor Martinez one-on-one has absolutely no appeal to me. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if there's way more to the market and like there's way more appeal than I think people realize. And I think there's way more card collectors than people realize, honestly. Yeah. I think these I think these kind of unheard on IG card collectors, people that aren't on IG, maybe are some of these people gobbling up some of this sub a hundred dollar type stuff, more the casual collector. They're not as invested that they've made an Instagram account solely to display their cards. I think you're right. Those people definitely are out there. And I think this episode's had some real nuggets in it. I think some great, I think some great takes about maybe why you can feel a little bit more confident that, yeah, like these sales that like we see happening in shows, like, it does make a little more sense maybe than when you originally think about it from your like highbrow card collector, like from like an extremely high level understanding of the market. Like some of this maybe doesn't make sense to you, but it does to other people. Yeah. Like something that comes to mind for me is like, if you're at a college, I guarantee you, if you have like an Instagram account dedicated to cards, you are not the only one in that college, even though you might never talk about cards at college or something. I guarantee, I promise you, you're not the only one interested in it. Like, I bet you there's so many kids that, like, have a little bit or, like, do a little bit with it or, like, just own them for watch fun. Some like, YouTube, watch a couple of YouTube videos. Buy a card here and there on yeah. eBay. Buy like, a box like, oh. of cards every now and then. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I remember when I was in high school or... 
No, I think I was in college and when Zion Mosaics like came out. Yeah. And my brother was in high school. And he would sell them, he would sell like that those and jaws just like base to his friends for like 20 bucks because yeah, they just because they thought it was cool like i think there's way more people at these like college campuses and at these like workplaces and at like at, like the mall that you walk past that actually have interest in sports cards that you yeah. don't realize because i think it's kind of the after effect back? it's the after effect of like the covid boom it got right. a lot of people interested and i think more people than we even thought got exposed to cards then and some of them may not be super active but they still have a little bit of that interest yeah that's some people talk down on the covid boom so much because prices came down so much after which sucks like it definitely yeah, does and, and if you were over leveraged the yeah. effects could have been devastating right like it definitely sucks but i mean long term that COVID boom might be one of the best things to ever happen to the hobby. Oh, it yeah. People into it. And then when stuff came down, it got all the weird people who were rude at shows and like all just trying to make money out of it. So it's almost like the perfect thing happened if you're looking at it through like the long term lens. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about the, you know, I sometimes I, I've, I've gotten increasingly more bold. Like if people ask you like, you know, like, a random, like, fact about, like, sharing that, like, I've, like, enjoyed, like, buying and selling, like, sports cards, which is kind of weird to share, but, like, I have shared it at work before, and like I told you, yeah. the guy next to me at work was like, oh, what? you know, I used to collect cards, he's like, and, during, you know, I was opening Mosaic, Zion's rookie year, and I have, like, a Zion base mosaic and like i remember getting that and like i still every now and then buy packs at target now that they're back in target and i'm like yeah yeah it's just a rant you you would never expect it but yeah right yeah i think there's a lot more of those people than than we think i think there's a lot of people in that category of involvement that's oh, yeah. probably the category that then goes by as the 40 dollars george pickens slab right yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. it it's very interesting to think about it really is i feel like we've had maybe we started a little late but i feel like it's been a little longer of an episode but i think a very good one i didn't plan on talking about any of that but sometimes that's the best yeah neither did i but i think it's pretty insightful and honestly it's kind of cool to talk about um it is i hadn't yeah, thought I about a lot of yeah. that in a little bit and it helps to talk it out even for both of us i think helps you think about the market a little more clearly to talk it out with someone right yeah i think i think this was a good episode so yeah thanks for so listening. Too. hopefully hopefully you guys enjoyed it if there's anything that you ever want us to talk about definitely just hit our dms it's at icebox pod um yeah with questions or anything i don't know i think we're a pretty open book here so it can really be anything yeah it so. really can be but yeah, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.